Hey guys, and welcome back to the Feenstra Zoo. My name is Spencer Feenstra, the host and creator of the zoo. I'm here just to talk to you about things that are on my mind and on my heart. I hope you'll enjoy the show. If you do, please check us out on all social medias at The Feenstra Zoo. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy the show. All extremes, except extreme devotion to the enemy, are to be encouraged. Not always, of course, but at this current period. Some ages are lukewarm and complacent, and then it is our business to soothe them yet faster asleep. Other ages, of which the present is one, are unbalanced and prone to faction, and it is our business to inflame them. Any small click band together by some interest which other men dislike or ignore, tends to develop inside a hothouse of mutual admiration, and towards the outer world a great deal of pride and hatred. Even the enemy's church. We want the church to be small, not only that fewer men know the enemy, but also that those who do may acquire the uneasy intensity and defensive self-righteousness of a secret society, or clique. The church herself is, of course, heavily defended, and we have never successfully given her all the attributes of a faction, but subordinate factions within her have often produced admirable results, from the parties of Paul and the Apollos down to the high and low parties of the Church of England. This from the Elder Demon Screwtape to Junior Tempter Wormwood in C.S. Lewis's masterwork of the Screwtape Letters. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of The Fiend's Resume. But before I jump into it, I have to say, go check out the guys over at the Podbelly Network at podbelly.com where you can find all sorts of other great shows and fantastic products. Also, if you could, share the Feenstra Zoo podcast with your friends and family. Also, more fun news, you can now tell your smart speaker to play the Feenstra Zoo. It's super cool. I just go, hey Google, play the Feenstra Zoo. It's super rad. Today is super exciting. We're going to start a new series, which I'm calling The Devil's D's. These are Division, Destruction, depression, and the largest one, which is kind of a combination of all of them, which is distraction. Today, we're going to focus on division. Uh, You're going to see this all throughout the Bible. The devil uses the same ruse over and over again. Uh, We're going to focus on just a few things, a few main points that kind of pertain to what I like to talk about here on the show, you know, faith, family, relationship, which Don't get me wrong, there is a ton, ton more I could go into, and maybe I will at a future date, but for today, we're just going to jump into it. Alright, we can see this way back in Genesis. The devil uses the same plot over and over and over again. Isolate, deceive, destroy. Uh, Like I said, back in Genesis, we're talking right in the Garden of Eden. 
where the serpent comes up to Eve. She was divided from her support system. She was off on her own, and that's when the devil came up to her. Divided from her support system, namely Adam and God. In isolation from her community, she was tempted, as so many of us are, and succumbed to the devil's deception again, like so many of us do. You see, alone, we can't succeed against the devil's schemes. We need help. I need help. You need help. The devil, he fights with lies. He fights with doubt, with fear, with murder. Like I said, he has a formula. It's seen the same again and again and again. These are deceptive ideas that play to our disordered desires, and they're normalized by a sinful society. Thank you, John Mark Comer, for putting this into words so perfectly. This phrase works so well. It's from his book, Live No Lies. We see this again, this same plot again, with Jesus when he's out fasting in the desert. Right after he's baptized, he's alone. Physically alone, anyway. That's when the devil approaches him. Now, Jesus being perfect and the perfect example, he's able to combat the devil's scheme. But he's the only one to do it. Like I said, the rest of us need help. To go back to John Mark Comer's perfect phrase for this, uh, in other words, it kind of reads like this. Our enemy, the thing we're fighting against, is the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's what our fight is against. Remember, when talking about Eve, this is not a slight or a dig on Eve or women in general. The fact that she gave in to temptation was because she was alone, not because she was woman. And people often forget that Adam also ate when he that he ate this apple or whatever the fruit was uh, from this tree when he was given the chance as well. I think it would be fair to say that we have all learned a few things about separation, isolation, and division over the past few years. Through these COVID-y times, we have been forced, physically forced to separate from public, from society, and even from our own families and loved ones. And if that's not painful enough, it's been taken even further where there's been an emotional or a moral rift, an us-and-them mentality, us-versus-them, haves and have-nots, cliques, factions that have been put into our society. This is not the way we were created, people. Don't get me wrong, there has always been this type of societal problem, this divide. And I assume there always will be this type of rift. However, I think it has seldom been this apparent outside of national or civil wars. In Galatians 5, um, verses 20 and 21, it says, Beware of factional thinking. It will only lead to death. 
Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom. I think that's... It's very vital to remember that we're not meant to be an us versus them. It's not the way it was supposed to be. In Matthew 12 verse 25, it says a kingdom divided cannot stand. This is a common idiom, a common, co- common trope through history. We know that, you know, united we stand, divided we fall. This is just historical fact at this point. Always remember that we were created to live in community, just as God lives in community. God himself is a trinity, Father, Spirit, and Son. It's a perfect example, a perfect model for us to live by. God himself didn't want to be alone. He created the garden. He created Adam and Eve, and he would walk in the garden with Adam and Eve. He wanted, he he designed us for community. Now... A major cause for division in our society is fear. Now, a wise old space wizard once said, Fear leads to anger, anger to hate, and hate leads to the dark side. Now, far be it from me to question Master Yoda. But one thing that he missed was that fear also breeds anxiety. And that is a weight that, unfortunately, all of us carry with us. But few of us realize that we can lay our burdens down. We can take up that easy yoke that Jesus freely offers to each of us. Anxiety is a strong force, and I get that. I feel it too. But we're commanded to be at peace. We're commanded to seek heaven first. Seek the kingdom first and let tomorrow worry about itself. On that hopeful note, let's shift from society and look more on how personal relationship can be affected by this division as well. I know it's been a bit, but remember, this is why I started this podcast in the first place, to live in intentional relationship by creating as many connections to your partner as possible, by becoming one flesh with your spouse, becoming one person with your spouse, and become inseparable. In other words, not allowing division in any way into your relationship. That's what the core of this whole podcast is founded on. Now, one major way to safeguard your relationship or all relationships really, is to practice humility. Seek the betterment of others first. Be submissive to your spouse. By this I mean to accept the authority or the will of another person, your spouse, and to support them in all things. This will help you and your spouse create a united front not to be blindly obedient or to allow allow your spouse to walk all over you, 
because this same courtesy should be shown to you by your spouse as well. You should be supported and loved as well. In the same way, humility will teach you to put all other people before yourself as well. Seek the betterment of your neighbor before yourself. Mark 12, 31 says, We have been called to love our neighbors as ourselves. Now, this is not a, a call to love ourselves more, but rather to take the same joy from your own success or your friend's success or your neighbor or whomever. To, you take your success and their success in the same stride. You're equally proud of both achievements, but in the same way, when we truly practice humility, that we take that same joy from those successes as we would watching a sunrise or watching nature in all its glory that God has created it for. Not thinking more of yourself or any, not thinking more of yourself than anything else, really, but also not thinking less of yourself than anything else. You, you see and love all things equally because it's all created by one creator. It's about being a servant to your neighbor or to your spouse. And like I said, put their needs before your own. Proverbs 17, 17. Some more scripture for you. A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for all times of adversity. See, you need to be there for your partner or your friends. You need to draw close to each other. Be the shoulder to cry on when times are hard. Be the cheerleader when successes are to be celebrated. Be the voice of reason when those close to you need to be corrected. To be the quiet when there's nothing to say and you just need to be. A hard lesson learned, for sure. And no matter how kind you are, or no matter how much of a friend you are, or how humble you're able to become, you can't see eye to eye with everyone. And heck, you'll never really see eye to eye 100, 100% with anyone, not even your spouse. It's one of those many joys we have of living in a broken world as broken and shattered people that we're never going to be 100% on the same page with anybody. But it's not important that we agree with everybody. In fact, it's said a few different ways that, even through the Gospels, that we're not to be of this world, meaning we're not to agree with this world it's said a few different ways that you have been chosen out of this world and that is why the world hates you encouraging isn't it i ch i choose not to dwell on the being rejected part of this world i focus rather on the fact that i have been chosen out of this world i've been chosen by god to be loved by god and to love god i find that encouraging incredibly encouraging Now, 
let me send you off some in, with some encouragement from Luke. Chapter 12. It says, Fear not, little flock. It is our Father's pleasure to give you his kingdom. It is his pleasure to give you his kingdom. You see, we have been chosen to represent God. We've been chosen as the select few on this world. And this is freely offered to everybody. To live in this community, to have someone to call on when we feel isolated. Just like many of you, through the past couple years, I've felt stranded, alone, fighting with all sorts of things in my own life. I've felt isolated, forgotten, been terrified at times. I've been scared. I've been depressed. I felt lonely. And this is coming from a guy who worked through all of COVID and got to leave my house. And I have a home with a loving wife and children. And I still felt all of these things. And I was incredibly lucky. For the past couple of years, my job hasn't missed a beat. My family has been together this whole time. I recognize that I've been incredibly lucky. I have close family who has not been so lucky. They've been quarantined and alone and like truly alone with like just themselves or other people like themselves and their spouse and that's it. Maybe a dog. Like I can only empathize because I like I said I was lucky. But this is the same ruse that has been put forth time and time and time and time again from the devil. This is the first D that I'm talking about, is this division, this separation, because it's easy to get picked off if we're alone. You look at any horror or thriller movie, the person who goes off to check what that noise was, they're alone and they get picked off first, because it's easy. But it doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to be alone. If you've been struggling with this, if you felt alone, if you need someone to talk to, not a plug for my social media, but that's the easiest place to reach me. I'm, I'm the Fiendst Zoo everywhere. Reach out. I will talk with you. I will be thrilled to talk with you. Because our strength comes from unity and living in community. With Jesus, with God and the Holy Spirit, with friends and family, with your partner. You see, a kingdom divided 
can't stand. But we don't have to be divided. We don't have to be alone. We don't have to be afraid. Because we have a choice to live in community. It's not always easy. Sometimes you really have to search for it. But it's there if you want it. And if you need to reach out to me, if you want to reach out to me, please do. Like I said, I'd be thrilled to talk with you. Now it seems kind of cheesy, but before I sign off, I do want to take a moment to ask you, because it is important for, for the future of this show, if you could share the Fiendster Zoo on any of your social medias or with a friend, and if you've got the time, review it wherever you listen to your your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, I'm everywhere you can find a podcast pretty much and it really does help the show it does help put my voice in more people's ears so if you can that'd be awesome for today guys thank you for listening and god bless